Hey guys, this is Jesus, one of the following Patreon listeners. Duna Levine, Fairy's Tale, Thran Doom, Terry G. Moore, Tim, Tristan Gilbert, Business Wolf Studios, Daniel Anderlich, Bridget Hughes, and Night Spider. Thanks for helping us out in this gangster Christmas. Welcome back, listeners, to the Fandable Podcast Network where it is a very lovely holiday season. We are back with our annual holiday tradition. This time, we are going back to the world of Nitrate City. Thank you. We are back with our original Nitrate City crew, the 'er ne'er-do-wells that live, work, love in the Waning Gibbous, the bar that we established last time we played. So I'm going to do a little bit of setup, and then we'll go right into character introductions. Los Angeles isn't known for its white Christmases, but in Nitrate City, miracles are on every street. It's early December, and a crisp north wind brings a chill to the air and the threat of snow with every low-hanging cloud. Downtown Nitrate City is in a particularly dour mood this festive season, as a power vacuum amongst the criminal underworld has yet to be filled. Maximilian Montenegro, mob boss sorcerer, cast a long shadow and left big stockings for some poor sap to fill. Rival bosses have all made inroads, but at the top of everyone's Christmas list is to be named the Big Kahuna. While it's cold outside on the mean streets, Every night's a party inside the Waning Gibbous, one of downtown's finest establishments, and a true haven for all monster kind, especially during the most wonderful time of the year. What is happening inside the Waning Gibbous in early December? Joe is reading that verbatim from the newspaper. The most wonderful time of the year. How much did we pay this broad to write this? Joe goes back to the paper and licks the tip of a pencil and starts making little notes on the write-up. Because even though it's a sterling write-up. I was going to say. It was a sterling write-up, but but nothing's good enough for Joe. Also, he thinks it's a little wordy. And then there's a freeze frame of everyone around Joe, except for Joe keeps writing. And Joe looks down the lens of the camera and says, My name's Joe Lister. I used to be a cop in this city, but got taken off the force. Because of a misunderstanding. Apparently you're not allowed to catch criminals in this town. Now, and he licks the tip of the pencil again and goes back to writing on the paper. Now I just decide which are the right ones to let into this joint. Uh, I'm a created specimen, man. So I'm technically a hell of a bunch of people. Let's go. And then everybody starts walking around him. And then he looks up off camera. He's like, oh, okay. Gotta work the door. Walks off. As he walks off, the camera starts to follow him, but then there's a shadow that captures the lens and starts juking it a left. And the lens kind of fights, tries to keep on following Joe, because that's where the story is. But then it slowly gets pulled towards the stage where Bump is. And Bump's singing to his heart content, and then he locks eyes with the camera. And then everybody freezes around him. Bump stands up, he adjusts his stark white pinstripe suit, fixes his fedora, And as he walks away from the piano, it continues to play as his shadow tendrils snake out from the openings of his suit and just continue to play some Christmas melody. And he says, I understand. It's a noir film. 
You want to follow the detective, and it's a beautiful backstory, a backstory of betrayal and lost love. But the thing that you don't understand is what makes a noir film is the music. And when it comes to the music, uh, let's just say Bump uh, always knows how to tickle those keys. I still remember when the flicker happened. One minute I was just a nightmare creature hiding under the bed of Timmy, then the next... I was a resident, and here I was stuck, a nightmare without a dreamscape. But that didn't mean I didn't have a dream. I tickled these ivories from west coast to western coast, and I found my way to the waning gibbous. And here, I made something for myself. But if you don't believe me, well, just listen to this little ditty. And he sits back down and starts playing. It's starting to sound a bump like Christmas bump, bump, every time a year. And the camera finally wrestles control and it pulls away. Finally scurries off to try to catch up with Joe. But before it can catch up with Joe, it passes by the bar where a tall, gaggly fellow dressed in, you can see the back of what looks like your classic ugly Christmas sweater as he's at the bar mixing drinks and as his arms move you can see it's it's kind of that time of the month and so he's a little bit hairier his nails are a little bit longer than usual but he's there at the bar working preparing a drink or something eventually finally turns around with a drink in his hand and his features are just a touch bestial again he's he's it's that time of the month but he still looks overall like a, a young average looking guy but his christmas sweater has uh, been sewed with the words put franken christ back in franken christmas <laughs> and the uh, the drink itself has since it's it's for the season he's he's prepared a series of uh, seasonal drinks for the for the patrons and this one has a little uh, he prepared like a little wire holder at the bottom that goes up and holds a little sprig of mistletoe over the drink and he's like hey, here you go sir uh, please don't eat the mistletoe and then the camera zooms in as everybody freezes and he just looks in the camera. I really hope he doesn't eat the mistletoe. That stuff is poisonous. <laughs> that's it. And that's it. <laughs> All right. And that's the game, folks. <laughs> what do I? How do I, I play off of that? That was amazing. Just another person kills over, and you just look at your furry hands like, oh god, I'm a monster. <laughs> So with that, the camera actually does manage to make it back to our hard-boiled detective. Joe is comically strong as a Frankenstein's creature of different patches of people, but all the same gray scale. And he's got somebody by the back of their shirt and the seat of their pants, and he tosses them out onto the street. And goes, Frankenstein was the name of the doctor, you putz! Faith, good, fire, bad, asshole. (laughs) Next and the next person to step up is a somewhat familiar face. You you know him more by reputation than having had too many run-ins with him. Um, but you know that this is Big Pete. Big Pete is a huge man even to you, Joe. Ooh. He is nearly seven feet tall. He's a young man with dark, dark skin and a clean-shaved head. He dresses in sharp suits in a variety of colors. This one is a crisp brick red. You know, very seasonal. 
So he steps up to come into the bar. Hey there, Pete. Joe. Good to see you, friend. Oh, saw you coming a mile away. I thought to myself, why does that fire engine want to get into this place? I actually was hoping I could uh, bend your ear for a minute. Yeah, well, you gotta talk down, but sure. What's up? He looks around, and it's still early in the evening, as we said, so I wouldn't say there is a large line of people waiting to get into the gibbous, but there's a couple of people around. So, Big Pete looks around. He's hoping we could do someplace with a few fewer ears. Got it. So this ain't about the ball game, then. All right. Um, you, yes, you, yes, you, know, you, yes, you, know, you, yes, and I know that you have a gun, and I know that you have a blade in your boot. Why do you have a razor in your boot? That's the stupidest thing you could do. You'll scratch your calf and gash yourself open. So, yeah, I like your style. You can come in, too. And the rest of you scram, and I usher a bunch of people in, take the velvet rope, and lock it down tight. And then I reach into a satchel that's next to the door, take out a pinch of salt, and run it in a line along the velvet rope. And then I take some holly and a wreath, and I hang it above with a little wolf's bane. It's just one fluid motion, but it's basically locking the door for right now. All right, Pete, join me at the bar. Mickey, you see Big Pete walking in again, somebody that you know by reputation. And by reputation, I should note that he is somebody that until recently was associated with another one of the local mob bosses. The mob boss associated with the Shores. So Nitrate City has basically been broken up into six different neighborhoods or boroughs. Waning Gibbous is in downtown or old Hollywood. The Shores are located south and west of you guys, right along Santa Monica. So lovely views of the ocean, high piers, there's a lot of entertainment and a lot of rich people there. And you know that the shores is run by little Nicky. And until recently, Big Pete was his bag man. But for some reason, the two of them have had a falling out. So you see this person who's formerly been associated with a very notorious mob boss approaching your bar, Mickey. Immediately, Mickey's ears kind of like bent back. He's got the, the wolf ears kind of going on a little bit, so they bent back, but he's otherwise like, eh, kind of ricked his grin and, and cleaning a, a glass. It's like, uh, can I get you guys uh, whiskey with or without whipped cream and sprinkles? Without, please. All right. And just goes, starts pouring the drink. All right, Petey. I'm always game to listen to a man whose name is ironic. What's the score? The first thing that Big Pete does is he opens up his jacket just slightly. And you're used to people, you know, like wanting to flash a piece or something, trying to intimidate you. Mm -hmm. Big Pete doesn't need to try to intimidate people. Big Pete just is intimidating. And so when he opens his lapel, you see a Night Squad badge pinned inside. Here on official business. Oh. Where'd you get that? Chinatown? Looks real. Only the best. I gone legit. Keep your voice down, buddy. Don't want that to get out. That's why I came to you discreetly. Right. So, you went over to the fuzz. What do you need from me? Something's going down with little Nikki. Yeah? And, uh, I can't be the one that busts it up. So, 
the guys in blue said that uh, we got an alumnus in old Hollywood. Maybe he'd be up for a little extra spending cash this holiday season. I get it. I get it. It's a lot easier to do the paperwork if most of the action took place off the books and, um, you know, Mob Boss ran into some trouble with some other players on the board. All you guys have to do is clean up the pieces. It's not a bad way to uh, avoid all that uncomfortable uh, Q&A from uh, internal affairs and whatnot. How much you talking? A couple hundred clams. Hmm, nothing to sneeze at, but I ain't breathed since the flicker. Tell you what, I like the couple hundred bones. Forgive the term. It's the holidays. But you know what we could really use? In addition to the ability to give back to the economy of Hollywood. Is, uh, we'd really appreciate it if the city would stop snooping around about our liquor license. Just because Mickey's a avant-garde artiste of the finest quality and most dubious mad intentions. I mean, look at me. Clearly I respect people's brilliant mad intentions. How about a couple hundred clams and you, uh, see what you can do about making sure we don't have to answer any questions for the next calendar year? Look at that. That'll be our... A little arrangement, and then we can both go into 1957 with a clean slate. You'll get, I don't know, another badge, promotion, start a necklace, I don't know. Big Pete laughs, and it's a, a low, rumbling laugh. I hold my glass as it, like, shakes <laughs> like T-Rex style. The voice and, and general appearance inspiration for Big Pete is Keith David. So it's a, a low, rumbling laugh. Like your style, Joe. Sure. Got you covered. Great. Tell you what. Drinks will be on me for the night. Mighty generous of you. Hey, you're the one flashing tin. That don't spend as well as money around here. Mickey hears that drinks are on me and knows that that's a signal to start watering them down. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a man the size of Big Pete, he could drink all night long. Yes. Unless he's three goblins inside of a coat. Why does he always order three? <laughs> three little hands reach out from his coat. Certainly none of you know what Big Pete's deal is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are some people like Mickey, like Bump, like Joe, who as soon as you see them, you know what their deal is. But there are plenty of people after the flicker who something weird happened to them and they're not singing about it mm. unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. So somebody that rolls with Lil Nicky obviously is going to be somebody that has some sort of power, but it certainly has not come across any of your desks what exactly that is. More importantly, the kind of person can walk away from Lil Nicky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Pete. <clears throat> Sounds good. What are the uh, details? And he's going to start going into the details, but I do want to check back mm -hmm, in on mm -hmm. stage. I know, Bump, you do have the, the lights on you, but you see that there is a conversation happening at the bar. The door has been closed. You have no more adoring fans coming in. So you see Joe is talking with a very large figure in a, a sharp red suit at the bar. Bump does a double take as he's playing along, and he actually misses a key as he spots Big Pete. And there's a moment of recognition from Bump, because Bump has played everywhere. 
He's played at many clubs. He likes this club because they don't take as much of a cut. And they've done nothing to threaten his wig collection. Remembering such, he reaches up and like uh, pushes back the blonde strand that is currently uh, on top of his head. He's trying to put it behind his ear, but he doesn't have an ear. He kind of just an ink blot for a head. Then he quickly catches himself and continues playing before leaning forward in the mic. He says, oh, thank you very much, everybody. I want everybody to uh, have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas and every other sort of uh, holiday. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're feeling. Frank and Christmas. Frank and Christmas. But right now, uh, I got some bad news and some good news. I'm going to be taking a break. That is the bad news. The good news is the Jingle Cat is here. And he's going to play a little ditty. And a woman steps up, and she is just a normal woman. Uh, she takes off her sunglasses, though. And she is wearing a, a 1920s a flapper get-up. And when she takes off her sunglasses, her eyes are – they look like a cat's. They glow a little bit in the light. And as she spins around, something snakes out from a, that little dress of hers, and it's a tail. And she swishes it around. And she grabs the microphone and then starts meowing. And it's vaguely a Christmas carol, but it is a Christmas carol sung as if a cat was being skinned alive. <laughs> yeah, behind the bar, behind the bar, Mickey's tail is like straight up. He's like slowly growling. Like there's like the glass in his hand cracks. And he's just growling. Literally, one of my aspects is like cats and dogs. He's good enough to know to like. Must not kill. Mother, please. Frank and Christ, give me strength. I love that you've gone all in on Frank and Christ. Like, oh yeah, no. Were you that's... always a believer, or or is this? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say over. Like, how long has it been since our last game? Two months. It's Two been months. Halloween. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say over the past couple of months, he's he's really found something in in the Church of the Frank and Christ. Really, he's. He never thought about it before, but the, now he started le- learning about it, and it, it speaks to him. It speaks to him. I yeah. love it. If uh, the Church of the Frankenchrist speaks to you, listener, then you can support the Church of the Frankenchrist by getting the shirt on Fandible.com's uh, t-shirt store at T-Fury. T-Spring. T-Spring. That's, that's, the, that's the post-editing part. <laughs> or by uh, getting a purple mattress from... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, as you are continuing the talk, you look over your shoulder as something catches your eye, and you notice one of the crucifixes that you hung up on the door mm-hmm. is being dragged away by a shadow tendril. And as you look over there, you see leaning against uh, one of the pillars, kind of in the shadows, is Bump, who is smoking a cigarette. And as soon as he sees your eye, he's kind of nodding for you to get over here. Okay. All right. Well, Pete, I got a place to run. As best I can. You can leave the rest of the information, any pertinent stuff with uh, Mickey here. Mm. It looks like you could probably use a distraction. Down, oh. boy. Gonna go over to Bump. Whatever that man's talking to you about, you should just turn away and not listen. Why is that, Bumpo? Uh, I don't know much about uh, Big Pete, other than you don't want to know a lot about Big Pete. I can tell he's red-green colorblind. Uh, that's uh, that's not the start of it. You know, he's he used to be one of little Nicky's boys. Sure. Past tense. We all used to be something. Uh, now, he's a patron. Do you know what little Nicky is? 
Also not ironically named. <laughs> he takes a drag of his cigarette. Angela, can I make a roll to know a little bit about little Nikki so I can pass it on to my brethren here? The things that I laid out earlier about little Nikki and the shores, that's certainly all things that you know. Give me a roll. Make it a drama roll. And it's simply however many successes that dictates how much you end up knowing. Yeah, I got five. Five. Very nice. nice. Yeah. So you know that... Lil Nicky, firstly, is a stately elderly man with white hair and a neat white goatee. He is always surrounded by fawning, adoring people. He's not someone that's a, a lone wolf. Some of these mob bosses try to maintain a mystique and an air of mystery about them. But no, Lil Nicky is, is very welcoming to having people in his orbit. Of course, you need to be people that are willing to pay fealty to Lil Nicky. So Lil Nicky does get great loyalty from the people that are around him. You know that his birthday is in early December, and he loves to give gifts as much as he loves to receive them. You also probably know, I mean, with five successes, you know that... He's definitely been one of the bigger players trying to take over old Hollywood. Again, kind of like greasing a lot of palms. Montenegro is always taking protection money from you guys. Nikki is more likely to pay people to want him on board. You think of like a politician who's trying to grease a lot of hands. So that's really his way of trying to get in. It's not to come in and dominate people. It's not to come in with a lot of violence. It's to make the people love him and want him to be in charge. Well, little Nicky, I don't know if you know this, but he might be taking over old Hollywood very soon. He's been paying off a lot of people. I mean, I even think some of his associates have talked to Trixie once or twice. He's very interested in uh, reclaiming what he thinks should belong to the shores, which was unfairly repossessed by uh, the late Montenegro. So <clears throat> Montenegro is no longer a problem. Oh, yeah, we took care of him real good. Yeah, but now that forget the term, but the shore is moving in where the sand is supposed to be. Yeah, but we also have to realize we didn't get rid of Montenegro uh, silently. So if we stop pissing off all these mob bosses, they're going to start looking at us not as useful idiots, which I prefer but more as something of an obstacle. All right. What if I told you that that's all real prudent, Bumbo? That's, that's some good thinking. But what I'm thinking is that I really like the idea of 200 simoleons and not having to deal with the city for a calendar year about what we're pouring into people's cups. Now what do you think? All I'm saying is that guy used to work for little Nicky little Nicky finds out that we're being all nice with him, it might make little Nicky's jolliness, well, not so jolly. Mm. So you be careful. I actually like playing here. It's a place to hang my wigs. Yeah. No, I understand there, Bump, but we're also in a tight spot. We barely made rent last time when Montenegro was around. Now... Every two-bit hoodlum keeps knocking at our door looking for some sort of payoff. We ain't giving it out yet, but maybe the right play is a strong one. Little Nicky can have the town if he wants, but what if we're the island that nobody comes for? 
What if we're a Switzerland or whatever? All right. If you want to play with Big Pete, just make sure that when you're sticking your hands down the stockings, it's a stocking and those lumps that you're feeling are coal and not something else. And he's uh, walking away. You don't have to worry about anything, Bumpo. You've always been a good kid all year. Mickey. Yeah. And is uh, Big Pete still there? Yeah, Big Pete's actually been having a, a lively conversation with. Uh, yeah, with Mickey. Mickey. Mickey's like you know poured him a couple more drinks in the meantime, and uh, and he's he's pointing at the Frank and Nativity scene that he's set up behind the bar, <laughs> and uh, it's you know it's a, a, a horrifying display. Yeah, it's 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 sort of a maquette you know opened up of like a castle, uh, you know, and then at the top where the uh, where the lightning rod would be is like you know glowing like a little star. Instead <laughs> of an advent calendar, do you like opening and finding different pieces? Pieces, you you build Frankenchrist over exactly. the course they're of little, the month. They're little yes. chocolate body pieces, and uh, and and uh, you know down at the bottom there's the uh, you know the famous uh, uh, three angry villagers uh, <laughs> coming to see the birth of the Frankenchrist. And, uh, uh, yeah. Oh my! Frankenchrist is the best thing that's happened on. Fandom. It really is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and. Pete is nodding along. He's in good humor. He see- he was a little tense and dour when he walked in, but seems that with Joe on his side and you keeping things light with talk of the the Frankenchrist, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's holly and jolly. And in between you talking about the nativity, he's been filling you in on some of those details that Joe alluded to. The idea is that. Nick is having his birthday party tomorrow night. Tonight is December 4th, tomorrow being December 5th. And Nikki's birthday is December 6th. And Pete knows that part of the reason that Pete has left Nikki's employment, he's willing to divulge to you, is because he got a sense of the impending violence that could be building up with Nikki making a play for Montenegro's old turf. So he was kind of scared of what Nikki was going to do when faced with the opportunity to gain more power. And he reveals that Nikki draws his power from his bag, the bag that Pete used to be responsible for. And the magic is a finite resource that is at its peak on Nikki's birthday. So what's in the bag then? Whatever he wants. Huh. That seems handy and dangerous. Exactly. But real handy. It's why I'm hoping that there'll be some good Samaritans around this holiday season that will be able to intercept it before Nikki can do what he wants to do. Well, I mean, from everything I've heard, uh, Nikki, and uh, no offense, because I, uh, I mean, I know you, and he kind of like looks. I know you used to, you work for, I mean, you have a, a kind of, so anyway, all I'm saying is that that bag should probably be filled with coal. And, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. All right. I hope that Mickey's not talking your ear off there, Petey. Spreading the good word. Oh, this again. What? It's all true. Yeah. I mean, I'm inclined to believe parts of it. Get it. All right. All right. Look, I've heard that one before. It's very disrespectful. Sorry. I thought it was funny. Busting my seams laughing. Listen, Pete, if there's nothing else uh, that we can help you with, please feel free to keep uh, patronizing our lovely establishment, but uh, free drinks are going to have to be uh, nixed nixed. I understand. I've got uh, other people to see tonight anyway. 
Mickey. He put his hat on the yeah. bar because, you know, he's inside. He's being respectful. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he's uh, packing up, so he picks up his hat and kind of tips it to you, Mickey, before he gets up off the stool. The stool groans when his massive weight is relieved of it. All right, Petey. You take care of yourself and um, bundle up. It's cold out there. I'll be outside Nikki's place tomorrow. Far away. Wouldn't be good for him to see my face. But if you need backup, I'll be around. Backup? Well, if we're going to get backup, I'd like to get somebody big. See you around, Petey. Yeah. And he lumbers out. As he lumbers out, Bump is back on the stage. Uh, the cat is now out of the bag, uh, but back at her table, and he is playing, and he's screaming, Borrow a spleen and give a femur gorgeous tonight. The light! Oh, tonight. Franken-Christ was made! <laughs> so, yeah, he's singing this for you. Yes. And uh, Mickey's tail is wagging all the way all the, all the way back at the bar. He's very happy. Uh, I Just forget how the point economy works in this game, and can Billy get one? Yes, for, of course. For once again, of course, good wordplay. Joe winces at that, and sees a line out the door, and gonna go back to his job, letting people in and stuff like that. Let the night kind of run... Joe has decided that he wants that money. Bump has effectively given Joe the uh, the steering wheel on this one, and Mickey's going to go along with whatever. Yeah. Last time went great. <laughs> <laughs> so this will probably be a cakewalk. So Joe's going to let the night run until there comes a lull in which we can all sit down on our mm-hmm. break. The time comes probably close to midnight. Yeah. Witching hour. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a... A poetry slam by witches. Yeah, it's three witches. So, and I motion over... Mickey and Bump to a corner table that has a light fixture above it that never seems to work. Bump prefers it. Bump uh, shakes his head as he watches the uh, trio as they're they're doing their poetry slash singing slash ritual. And he's like, this is why I don't do duos anymore. (laughs) Hey, guys. Listen. So you probably noticed that Big Pete was here for a little while. Oh, no, I missed him. Ah, yeah. He's an easy guy to not notice. So... Petey gave us a lowdown on something going on with uh, little Nikki. It's his birthday tomorrow. Oh, day after tomorrow. Party's tomorrow. Yeah. Big Pete made us uh, an offer. Petey's a real nice guy, if he wants to be. He can also be a real wall to climb over, if he wants to be. And he can also be a boulder that comes right down on top of you. When he wants to be. Now, turns out that Petey's got connections that stretch a little bit further than what uh, Nikki has. So he made us a very polite offer. 200 bones, and he's going to get the city off our backs about our liquor license. All we got to do is alleviate Mr. Nikki of a certain bag that he is very fond of. And when I tell you, without getting into specifics, Petey can make this happen. But he also needs us. And we need somebody like Petey on our side. Mickey's tail is just wagging. He's like, I, I mean, I do like bones. 
I don't like going into a party in the dark. This seems like it's missing some potent details. Mm. Yeah, it's too easy. I get it. Well, I mean, he did mention that apparently the bag is like the source of his power and he can pull whatever he wants from it. Not so easy, maybe. I didn't mention that. That's little Nikki's jive. You want something, he gets you something, but there's always a price. And how he gets it is through that little bag. Petey thinks we're going to double cross him, take the money in the bag. And he's right. We'd be idiots to pass this up. Hmm. I don't know. Something that powerful always comes at a price. Yeah, so does rent. We still pay it. Mm. I don't know to who, but we definitely send out a check every month. Trixie takes care of that, and she's real trustworthy. You, you said that Big Pete is going to make sure no one checks our liquor license. How? He's just an ex-bag man. Is what he wanted people to believe. And what is he now? Let me put it this way. In a Freaky Friday situation, person I was and the person he is, we switched places. Oh, you got us mixed up with the brass and old Hollywood. Old brass came looking for us. That's basically a job interview. Mm. They need something off the books. Nikki is a problem for everybody. If the spook squad wants to go in there, guns blazing, they can, but it's going to be a problem for everyone. Including us. It's a bad PR move. The people of the shore like Nikki. The shore is the richest part of Hollywood for a reason. And that's why I don't like the shore and I don't really care who they like. A bunch of stuffies up there inside of their gilded homes behind big old iron gates. Surrounded by arcane witchcraft and rituals. Oh yeah, and that's going to be easy getting across, getting through. Yeah. Any ideas? We need inv invitations. Yeah, we just need to get into the party. Okay, okay. If you're serious about this, and by the way, my fee is a hundred clams. I can get us in. Mm. Wait, I thought we were getting bones. Clams, bones, shells, bones. like clams. Bones, then. I'll take a hundred bones. Not good for me. Yeah, sure. Sure. You both get cut in. You uh -huh. both get a hundred. And you you're fine with just... Getting nothing other than the liquor license. And getting a copper on our good side. Favors are the kind of currency that never lose power. Money goes up and down. You hear, gentlemen? We might have a recession. But favors? Ooh, those never lose value. Take it from a creature who lived in nightmares. This sounds like one. But... A hundred clams is a hundred clams, or a hundred bones are a hundred bones. I just want to be bones. very clear that my share is a hundred bones is a hundred bones. I'm in. I can make a few calls, um, see what kind of entertainment, see what kind of catering services they're using, maybe get us in that way. Sounds good. I mean, if they have an open bar, I could That's. I could do that. Exactly. I, I know plenty of talent scouts out there. Whenever there's something like a big, something like this, they're always looking for extra people because the party always keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And with little Nikki, with the amount of people that love him, they're probably scrambling. So just let me, uh, I'll, give a, I'll give a call. All right. And Bump's going to stand up and he's going to move to the back office. Uh, he's not going to call from the phone near the bar. He's going into the back office. Mm -hmm. Trixie, you in here? He pokes his head in, looks at the mirror and sees there's nobody in there. Sighs, closes the door and says, 
bump. What are you doing? Opens it up and then and looks towards the desk this time to see if she's there. Amazing callback. And if I could, I would give you a point. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a point. Yes. Give me that that was an amazing callback. <laughs> Listeners, listen to the first episode. <laughs> and this time Trixie is there. She is pouring over the books. Hey, Trixie, I need to borrow the phone and I'm uh, hoping you don't have to pay attention too much. Yeah, yeah, sure. She waves you off. And he uh, sits down on uh, the desk, pulls out the phone, and then he notes a, a little hastily wrapped present laying in the garbage can uh, next to the desk. And he kind of pokes it with his toe. Ah. The wolf boy giving you the start of the 20 days of Christmas. You didn't want me to listen to your conversation. You shouldn't poke into my business. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'll uh, let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> And he dials a number. And he is going to try to contact all the event planners that he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you are a, a boogeyman. So, yes, you know an entertainer. Uh, yeah, he's going to call uh, an event planner, um, Minerva, who is a minotaur. I love it. After a couple of rings, a voice picks up. Amazing events. Hey, hey, hey. Minerva, is that you? Oh, you sound divine, girl. How are you doing? This is Bump. I told you to lose my number. I know you told me to lose the number, but lucky for me, I had a ball of yarn that I followed back through that maze back to you. That's a Minotaur reference. You see, in classic literature, the Minotaur was <laughs> Did you miss the name of my company? I gotcha. I got amazing, amazing events, which is why I'm actually contacting you. You see, I'm... You know me. I like to play the slots. You know me. I, I I threw too much money in towards this duo operation. You you heard about that. I actually got a partner for a short time, me and the brain. But unfortunately, it's a tale as old as time. You met a dame, Sarah. Sarah Bellum. And unfortunately, you know, he was all brain and she was none. So now they're in Las Vegas doing their own show. And I am in desperate need of some money. And I was hoping that you could get me something pretty quickly. I don't got a violin small enough for you. You know, I got these fingers that can tickle the ivories like the best. And if you hire me, I can get you a bartender and a bouncer free of charge. Free? Free of charge. Absolutely. They owe me a favor. You know what they say about favors? It's better than money. Let's roll for it. I'd say he's being more flirtatious, uh, comedic. So yeah, that'd be comedy. She's going to defend with drama. That makes sense. Three. She got zero. So not only do you succeed, you succeed with style. You now have an aspect with Minerva the Minotaur of... um, I got the bull by the horns. You've got the bull by the horns, and you get a free invoke on that. Anytime that you're going to be interacting with Minerva. Yeah, this conversation starts off with like, you know, Trixie might look up occasionally. She said she wouldn't listen, but it's Trixie. She always listens. And Minerva is angry, and there's a lot of shouting. And at one point, she looks down Trixie to like fix something, adjust something, you know, erase something. And when she's back, she hears a throaty laugh from the phone. And she looks over at Bump, who's twirling the cord of the phone uh, in his uh, fingers, and he's just laughing along. And that's and that's what I've always say. You are, of course, you're always my favorite patty cake. Of course, I. Hey, hey, I understand there was a miscommunication. You got a little angry. Like that time we went to that China shop? Absolutely. You just saw red. So I'm just asking right now, you open up your heart and you help out your old friend here. I know you got something. There's a lot. There's parties happening all the time and you know I'm good for a party. I do got something. 
there's a big party out in the shores tomorrow night. Not saying who it's for. Uh, it's one of them big wigs. It's a big wig. I don't know. The shores, that's pretty far. I mean, I couldn't do anything less than for, I don't know, 30 clams? Best I can do is 20. Uh, okay. If you're going to be, you know, I'm doing this for you. And because you're doing me a favor and favors, as I told you, it's always been my philosophy are worth more than money. So for you, I will do this for 20. And I just want to thank you so much, Minerva. It's, it's, what, whatever happened to us? You couldn't handle me. Mm, I couldn't handle you at your best and I couldn't handle at your worst. But lucky for me, you were always at your best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, get me the details. And, uh, yeah, I got, I got a bouncer. I got a, uh, I got I got an expert uh, man at Moonshine, so you got nothing to worry about there. And uh, just give me the deets, and he's going to be uh, quickly scribbling down. <laughs> he's actually using his finger to scribble down on a page because uh, he's a plot. She gives you the details. There's an address out in the shores, and uh, the time is for 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And is there any uniforms we got to wear? Supposed to look festive. Uh-huh. What do you got in mind? And after a second, he frowns. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Then hangs up. And uh, now I walk out. Hey, Mickey, what's, uh, I need a, it's a past tense for applying a twisting pressure to a cap or bottle top. Starts with an S. Nope, oh, screwed. Hey, Bumpo. Hey, hey, I got good news. I got us an invitation to a potty. Uh, they can't tell me for who, but we are working for... A party on the shore tomorrow night, exactly at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, uh, wait, wait, that's that's the same time as the other party that we're supposed to be at. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I pinch my nose. It's the same party. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> Minerva's sending over the uniforms tonight. We'll get them by morning. And uh, I, I gave her your measurements, if you don't mind. I was able to... I'm a good... Judge of character, uh, and you'll be working the bar, Mickey. As for you, Joe, they they don't really need a bouncer, seeing as this is a uh, boss and he has his own muscle, but uh, you'll be working as a waiter. Great. Yeah. Lots of manual dexterity required in that role. That's fine. All right. But hey, I got us in. Now you guys got to figure out how to grab the bag. Well. I didn't say that bag. Get back in that bag, cat. (laughs) (laughs) Well. First, I gotta say, I didn't think Minerva would give you any sort of help after what happened between you and the, uh, snake hair lady. What was her name? Mads? I didn't really get her name. Yeah, see, that's the problem, Bump Up. So, how much are we getting paid for this gig? Unfortunately, I had to call in every favor in order to get us even on the list. She thinks it's just for exposure. Alright. So we show up for our day of work. We're not going to know the layout until we actually get there. Nope, unless you guys got any other ideas on how to get that. But uh, And also, uh, our uniforms are... Um, they're going to be festive. What do you mean, festive? Cut to, it is uh, Ten Soldiers. Oh. I like that. I do like it. I think that we each get a different outfit be- to denote our different jobs. Mm-hmm. I right. definitely think that I'm stuck in a tin soldier outfit, which is just layers of insulting for a reanimated man. Yes. Yes. So you are. Yeah. That is exactly what uh, you are dressed up in. Mickey's a gingerbread man. And for Bumpy, he is in a suit that is a, has a candy cane stripe all down it. Nice. So, yeah. Could have we done more casing out of the thing? Yes. 
Is this the game for that sort of criminal masterminery? Not yes, a- actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> not one without the way we play it. That's fair. <laughs> I have action as my highest stat. So I the cut to you in your uniforms could totally be 6.59 p.m. the next night or it could have been, you know, two in the afternoon and the, that was you guys meeting and you want to uh, uh, spend some time casing the joint. Because what you could do if you want to case the joint or do any other sort of preparation, basically what you would be doing is rolling to create advantages that you could uh, then right. tag when you're at the party. I forget how yeah. this game works every time. Yeah, so that's the, the big part of what makes fate work is creating aspects on the scene. So right now our table is bare. The only aspect that's out there is, of course, the aspects that are on your character sheets, plus the take the bull by the horns that – Bump has when he's dealing with Minerva. But if you were going to case the joint, talk to people, do anything to give yourself some sort of advantage, that's when we'd start rolling and put some aspects down that you would then be able to use into the party night. Yeah. We try on our outfits. It's like two. Yeah. So it's us, it's us standing in front of the mirror in Trixie's office, just like side by side. I hate this bump. And from behind us, we hear Trixie because we're looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I think it looks great. We're like, ah, ah. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey's uh, outfit barely fits him because, uh, as I said before, it's it's around that time of the month. So he's, if anything, a little bigger and taller today than he was yesterday. So his measurements aren't exactly the ones that you gave Minerva. So he's like, ah, feels a little tight. Hey, you look good, buddy bear, and don't worry. Uh, as long as you got them gumdrop buttons, you'll be fine. Are these real? Look, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. In fact, I think that's lead. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to turn towards Trixie, and I'm like, Trixie, girl, uh, clearly, as you can uh, guess from the previous conversation, we will not be uh, attending tonight's opening of the Waning Gizmas. So was I supposed to listen to that conversation or not? Doesn't matter. We know you're going to make your decisions on your own. You know, a fancy lady like yourself uh, robs her friends. Sorry, I'm talking about a different gig. <laughs> I, I shoot you a look, and uh, Bum's gonna sit down in front of her and says, "You've uh, rubbed elbows with plenty of uh, fine people. We know that you like things on the up and up. The more classier the place, the more finer the parties. The more likely Trixie's gonna be crawling out of her coffin and making it there and making a break out of there by daybreak. So I'm wondering, have you ever been to any places that uh?" I don't know. Say a little Nikki might be uh, residing in. Yeah, yeah. Once or once or twice. Think you maybe give us the lay of the land. We want to make sure we don't embarrass ourselves. Oh, Nikki's place? No, I ain't been there. I've been around in his vicinity, but he doesn't let just anybody into his workshop. Oh, he has a workshop. That's what he calls his mansion. You know, rich people always got to name their houses. He named his the workshop. Okay, how about you uh, help us out then? Give us a few pointers on how to smooze with Nikki. You uh, know anybody who's ever gone to one of Nikki's parties? Couple. Yeah? What are they like? They hit the snow real hard while they're there. Their memories aren't too crisp when they come out. Hmm, sounds good. They uh, drive themselves or they chauffeured? Chauffeured. Naturally. You know when the parties usually end? Is a sun up because of, uh, sorry, tricks, but people are real, uh, real particular about your punctuality. This is for his birthday, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's gonna end after midnight. There's always a B 
big to-do at the strike of midnight. We talking fireworks, we talking festivities, something big and distracting. Nobody ever gave me the details. Alright, so there we have it. We have a distraction, we have something that happens after midnight. So we have the aspect at the stroke of midnight. Alright, I think I got an idea of how we can thin the herd. Rich folk don't fear the law, but people who work for rich folk do. I'm gonna make a phone call. Give me one second, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up the phone and I'm going to call Petey. Okay. I'm assuming he gave me like a hotel number or something like yes. that. Yeah. Petey, it's Joe. What can I do you for? Mm, see, I like that. Right to the point. See, thing is, we've got a great idea of how to alleviate a problem that we discussed earlier. Glad to hear it. Thing is, would really be great is something that'll help both of us out. And I'm thinking, causing trouble for, you know, I'm a concerned citizen. And I think that tomorrow night from the time of 7 p.m. till 1 a.m., there's going to be a lot of reckless driving in the shores. There are children in those neighborhoods, sir. That there are. And... Wouldn't you know it that a lot of those chauffeurs getting dings on their license would really hurt their job prospects. I bet that they would clear off the roads once a couple of them got pinched. Really uh, make a lot of people nervous about going to the party in the first place. Well, they're not going to drive themselves, right? I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. Oh, I'm asking you to lay down something. The law. Sure. Just a concerned citizen. Now, shoot, wrong number. I thought this was the cops. <laughs> Hang up. So what do you want to uh, uh, call this? Drive safe shores. All right, so we've got a free invoke on drive safe shores. Mickey, do you have any ideas? I mean, the only thing I can think of is he would, uh, I don't know how, how this would be like a role, but I want him to bring, uh, he's got the aspect, uh, got a taste for moonshine. I want him to bring like a barrel of his own like good stuff. Oh. So he has that there for like a really powerful liquor. I, you've uh, got the the aspect, so we could just put it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to spend a point to, to like to do that. I just don't know if like there's a role involved or what that role would be. I think be. it would still be a role because the idea yeah. would be, it's not that like you fail at bringing it. It's like, does it survive the drive there? Does it, is it like. Do you get past that, security yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that is definitely an action role yeah. because yeah. like it's not it's true because he's, he's basically trying to sneak in this barrel of like yeah, so, really potent liquor yeah all right so let's uh what we'll hold on that he's when okay. we, as we roll in, up. in his stomach <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's taking steps oh yeah no so I'm, I'm kind of establishing this now uh part of part of the whole thing that why he does drink uh is because the closer he gets to to the change being slightly drunk is one of the few things that kind of keeps that rage in check. I like it. So he definitely like takes little nips from uh, from his flask as the night progresses. Okay. So both Bump and Joe have made some calls. So we're ready to roll up to the party. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. but is the party ready for us? So how do the three of you get to Nikki's party? A hearse. Ah. Yeah, we ha- we uh, we wave down a hearse and we get in the back and uh, yeah, it's a taxi. Yes, there we go. So it's the the shot of the 
side of the hearse from across the street, and it pulls away to show the three of you standing in front of the workshop. Nice. Nikki's Mansion. Nikki's Mansion, as I said, is in the shores. It's on Santa Monica, built on the Palisade Park bluffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It is late in the afternoon, early in the evening, so you can just see the last rays of sunlight setting over the ocean. Nikki's Mansion is a glowing white Art Deco building. High stone wall surrounds the property, only the long palm tree fronds are visible from the street. An iron gate has an intercom at the main entrance. Do you go to that entrance or... Bump, Minerva did give you instructions for a staff entrance around the back. Yeah, we're not looking to rock the boat just yet. So yeah, we're going to be going around back, playing the role of just workers. Mm -hmm. And it does take you a moment to find the entrance in the back. It's obscured by clever architecture and landscaping. But since you were told something was there, you're able to find it. You can imagine that if you were just searching for an entrance, you were somebody that was trying to sneak onto the property, it would have been almost impossible for you to dig it up. As we're walking into the back, instead of guard dogs that they have, there's reindeer <gasps> that are kind of like occasionally just watching us as we walk mm -hmm. by. They're like doing that thing where they, they're exhaling really loudly from their snouts mm -hmm. each time we pass them. So there's, yeah, a couple of those reindeer, but you also do see a single horse stable set far back on the property. It's not large enough to contain all the reindeer. As you walk around the, the property, you, know, you get inside the, the fence area, you can see that the entire house is built out of this same gleaming white stone as the wall around the compound was. And it's just gorgeous art deco detailing in every nook and cranny. Everywhere there's the you know, really high walls and high ceilings, the curved art details in every piece of crown molding, banisters, doors. It's all just absolutely meticulously taken care of, and all of it is gleaming white. As you walk into the building proper, going into the staff entrance, even back here, a place that none of the, the guests are ever going to see, probably little Nicky himself never comes back here, because why would you have help? if you were going to go back into the, the staff's area, is meticulous, gleaming white. I'd say Silent Night, but holy shit. This is... I got a... It's a white Christmas? I wasn't going to go there. I thought that was a little bit on the nose, but yeah, sure, white Christmas. Low-hanging fruit. The three of you are met by the head of Lil' Nikki's staff. She goes by Mrs. C. The three of you are sent by the talent company? Yes, mm. uh, I am the bump in the night. <laughs> I'm sure you heard of me. We were told that your presence would be required here t this evening. I am Mrs. C. I am the one that is overseeing all of the staff today. If there are any complaints about any of your behavior, I am going to be the one who has to deal with it. Do not make me deal with you. All right. Don't you worry, ma'am. We are going to be on that nice list the entire night. I assure you. So, Bump is the entertainment. She looks over to you, Mickey. And you are... Bartender. 
And she she does give you a second look. Let's uh, see how you're sneaking in that moonshine. So you said yeah. that you wanted to have kind of like a keg of it. Yes. Like how are you, keg of it. Um, how are you sneaking that in? He's right now. He looks. I mean, he's he already looks like a big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he effectively looks like he's a big guy with a big paunch. Like he's sneaking it under his uh, his gingerbread man costume. Almost bursting at its bright berry buttons. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is comedy. Yeah, no, yeah. fair, fair. Comedy zero, but yeah, here we go. So why don't you give me comedy? She is defending with drama. All right, let's see here. What we got? Uh, well, that's a zero so far. Well, let's see what she gets. So she's at two. I, the best I can do is matching her by tagging my you uh, could do for Moonshine. I think you can uh, tag multiple. Yes, you absolutely can tag multiple things. <sighs> what would I tag? You're with a group right now, aren't you? Yeah, uh, travels in a pack. Travels in a pack, yeah. so yeah. we're making sure I kind of uh, distract her a little bit so she never gets mm-hmm. a clear there look There we go, that works, that so, works. All right, that brings so you up was, to yeah, a tie. So that would be two, uh, well, travels in a pack would bring me up to a tie, and if mm-hmm. I tag the taser moonshine thing, uh, then that would bring me up to, to, to four. To succeed, yes. Yeah. So I will take those, and now I have two style points or two fate points to, you know, do whatever with. So, Mrs. C, she looks you up and down. You can tell there's yes, you're you're probably a little nervous about yeah, that. Yeah, he's 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 like I mean, he, like his ears are back. He's like rigid smile. <laughs> You'll be stationed at the bar in the parlor. All right, yes. Where's the parlor? She points at a door to your right. Go straight to through there, take the second left, then the first right. Do not take the first left and the second right. All right, second, right, left, first, left. Wait, no. First, left. Damn it. S- second, right, first, left. I'll write it down for him. I take a little name tag that she has like a bunch of them on and I take them and they're little gift tags. Mm-hmm. And I quickly write down. Second, second left, left, first, first right. right. I had it right the last time. I mean, left, I mean. All right. That <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of like waddles off trying to not have any sloshing happen. <laughs> as he, uh, How do you have zero comedy? Your character is hilarious. It's like I'm handicapping myself here. I can see. And then she looks over at you, Joe, in your uniform, which of course denotes that you are a waiter. You will start at the kitchen. You will be passing hors d'oeuvres throughout the evening. Mm. Don't worry. At his size, no one's going to miss him. You, Bump, follow me. Of course. To the end of the world. (laughs) And she also indicates, Joe, that you should follow her. Mm -hmm. And she has you take the first right out of the staff area to to go to the kitchen. Still, obviously, within the staffing area. Got it. And Bump, she leads you through a maze of corridors to the library. So what you're basically signaling is at some point we're going to have a Scooby-Doo runoff. We're running from door to door out and getting chased by, like, I don't know. Toys. Yes, this is a giant mansion. There's doors everywhere, some of which are already opened, some of which are closed. And you kind of just get the feeling that probably the closed doors, they're they're closed for a reason. They're not meant for your eyes. Whether that's going to stop any of you, the PCs in a role-playing game shall be seen. I'm just here for the 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) For Bump and Mickey as the ones who are being led through the 
front of the house, so to speak. You can see that this place has been fully decorated for the holidays. Every room has a sumptuously decorated Christmas tree. Mickey, you see in those doors that you are passing that you know not to go through mm-hmm. are rooms that are set up with other bars. It seems like every room has a Christmas tree, a sack of presents, and a bar. So people are going to be able to get merry and bright anywhere that they are in this party. You hear music coming from different rooms. There is a room that has a small orchestral trio. There's another room that has carolers. There's saxophone music coming from elsewhere. So just everything that you could need for holiday cheer is here in the workshop. Joe, when you reach the kitchen, you are very abruptly handed a plate of hors d'oeuvres and told to walk through the house until the tray is empty. And when you walk out, you see that you are one of dozens of tin soldiers of all shapes and sizes wandering this house. Joe's not thrilled with this, but it's all part of a a greater good, bad, morally ambiguous Mm -hmm. heist. Stealing from bad people. That's like Robin Hood, right? He was a good guy. So uh, it makes you my merry man. And so, yeah, I'm just going to walk on out there and... uh, I've done gigs like this in real life. Just walk around and try not to be groped by old men. What do we want to call the snuck in moonshine aspect? Uh, Holiday hooch. Hooch hooch. from the pooch. Ooh, (laughs) I like that one. Hooch from the pooch. Hooch from the pooch has a free tag on it. Sweet. And the free tags can be used by anybody at the table. Theoretically, the person that put that on there could be like, no, I'm saving that for me. But really, it's there for the party. And then once we have done the free tag on it, you can still tag that. It's just that's when you have to start paying the fate Mm -hmm. points for it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Bump, you are led to the library where there is a baby grand piano set up. There is a fireplace with a raging fire going. The stockings are hung by the chimney with care. And of course, there is a Christmas tree and a bag full of presents. Bump is immediately saddling up to the side of the baby grand and wrapping his arms around it and mumbling, I promise I'll be gentle. And then he slides onto the bench and he just starts playing a little carol or two, uh, just meddling. Not singing, he's just, he's just, he's working up to that. I love it. I'm throwing a couple more um, aspects down on the mansions. We've got dozens of tin soldiers. Oh God, there's a really obvious one. Give it to me. Tinseltown. Tinseltown. Ooh, yeah. We've got fireplaces. Yep. Toys. Bags of gifts. Has anybody, like you said, this is the start of the party and they just they just brought me in here. I'm mm-hmm. guessing this is kind of empty right now for a second. Right. Uh, I'm going over towards the bag of gifts and I'm looking for anything that has like a kid's name on it. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm opening up gifts until I find, can I find a teddy bear? Okay, yeah. Bump's going to look around as he opens it up, pulls up the teddy bear, says, this will do. And he's going to use his finger to cut down the back of the teddy bear. And then he's going to use that finger and bite kind of it off and then toss it into the teddy bear. And then kind of quickly uh, sew it back up or close it back up with some tape. And he's going to sit the teddy bear up in front of him. And he's like, come on, buddy. I know you got a mind of your own. And slowly... The teddy bear is going to kind of just fill out as that darkness expands inside of it. and It's going to wobble around. Oh, dear. And it's going to be like, all right, I need you to be my eyes and ears. I need you to start looking stealthily and do not get distracted by the ladies. I know you've got the eyes for the ladies. I need you to keep an eye out and try to find where the sack is being stored. Can you do that? And the 
the bear nods its head and then tumbles forward because the head's too big. And then it quickly climbs up and then starts waddling out. He's like, this can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, give me a horror roll to create an aspect of Nightmare Teddy Bear. Four. Nice. Four. Nice. All right. So. Horror is my like jam. Wait a minute. Hold on. If you could bump the night. Plus two to create an advantage when with horror. This is not an advantage, is it? Yes, you're creating an advantage. So I can use a stunt? I get so four, six. Six is more than double or is double four succeeds with style. So I'm going to give you a third free invoke on, on that. So yeah, there is a teddy bear that is fueled by nightmare shadow tendrils teetering stealthily around the party. It trips on a ribbon and he pulls the ribbon out of the box and then it steps away from the camera. You hear some movement and then it comes back and has like a Rambo headband around <laughs> using the ribbon and then it just starts off. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Dan, the aka the bad boy of Fandible. I'm here to uh, ask you guys for money, basically. We're, we're here uh, because we're doing this out of love. We're doing this. We've got shows. If you liked what you just heard, we probably have more just like it. If you didn't like what we just heard, we have way more that's not like it. We have so much stuff, and we've given it all out to you because we love you. We love you. We do it out of love. But guess what? Love don't pay the bills. If you go to patreon.com slash Fandible, and you donate a little sum-sum for us, we might just have a little sum-sum for you. If you can't, that's fine, because, did I mention, we love you. And you can go to Twitter, find Fandible there. You can go to Facebook, search for Fandible there. Listen, just search for Fandible. Whatever pops up, it's probably ours, and you should probably subscribe, like, link, share, etc. Do it, because we love you. <laughs>